Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church and friends. Ninin, today I've got a great message for us. I want to look really at uh, how powerful it is when God's blessing, which is an invisible power that comes upon you and increases your life, how powerful it is, that blessing, because it causes us to increase, which is the language of the Holy Spirit, to spread out, to grow, to multiply. God has got bigger and better for us. And so many people want to have a like a humility or a false humility that goes, no, I'm quite content with what I've got. I'm just, but, but you've got to understand we are made in his image. And his idea for mankind is to increase and multiply and grow. And God never has failure in, in his mind. He, he never thinks in terms of failure. We do, but he doesn't. And as God, God's blessing comes upon our lives, things will increase. Opportunities will increase. God can open doors for you and me that we could would, would take a lifetime of uh, managing situations or even manipulating situations to make them happen. But you know what? God, a moment of God's blessing or God's favour on our lives it is worth more than a, a lifetime's work. It is just a moment. It's a bit like instead of, I was in one of the hotels in London a, a while back meeting some guys and they were on the 17th floor. The, one of the, the first lift that we came to wasn't working, so we were going to leg it up these stairs. Well, you know what it's like. I'm going to go and meet people that I've never, never met before. You know, you want to put your best foot forward. You want to look smart and sharp. Well, by the time you get to the 17th floor, you're going to be, you're going to be sweating like mad. But we're prepared to do that. You know, it's not a problem with physically fit men. But we saw another lift, and that was working. Do you know something? The difference is just, it's like night and day. We got in the lift, we pressed a button and it took us to the 17th floor. The doors opened, we walked out as cool and as dry and as smart and sharp as we, we entered that lift. And and that's what favour is like and God's blessing is like on your life and my life. That's why in Global we want everybody to hear the gospel because the gospel brings God's blessing of forgiveness and restoration and increase and multiplication on our lives. It is fantastic. And uh, many Christians don't believe this because they've never been taught it. So I'm not blaming them, but they've never been taught it. But it's time that they were. And so I've started, <laughs> and many people like me have started to, to share God's word in a, in a more holistic way. And I hope you get some things Today, you don't have to be a, a Christian to be part of global and you don't have to be a Christian to receive God's word into your life. And God's word is the way to his blessing. It's fantastic is this. And I want to read to you a few passages from scripture because it's important that we get the context right. Because I've been a Christian now for almost 40 years and I've noticed this, that if you work for church full time and are paid and you're on staff, or you're a pastor or an evangelist that's on staff, then you've made it. You, you, in the Christian world, you've made it. But do you know something? If you're working in a factory 
or an office or you're a builder or I can't say doctor because there's something about doctors in there. You know, they could be working as missionaries. So but I'm just I'm just saying, let's just say even you're a doctor. And the best that the church has been able to offer for years and years and years, I'm talking the, the church universal is, well, if you're not a, a, a pastor or a vicar or a priest or whatever, never, never mind, but, you know, work, work hard and, and work well and, and share your faith at work and, and tithe. And uh, did we mention tithe? Tithe and giving and tithing. And that's about the best. It's almost like there's, there's degrees of greatness or degrees of significance. And we've misunderstood it. We've gone straight to Matthew 28, where Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. And preach the gospel to them. Teach them all that I've taught you. And baptize them in the, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and Lord, I'm with you always. You know, so we go to that and that's like, that's it. But it's not it. That's only part of it. Because in the background of Jesus' teaching, is all that had gone beyond before in the Old Testament. And so Jesus doesn't ignore creation. He is the creator. And let me read you something from creation, how God viewed things and how he viewed mankind, not just Christian mankind or Jewish mankind, but mankind. Genesis chapter one, start at verse 27. Said, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. That's that invisible power coming upon these human beings. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, control it. Take control. You're the king and queen of the, the planet. And it's, it's for you to steward this well and uh, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves along, moves uh, on the ground. And God says, I've given you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and to, to the birds of the air and to the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has breath of, uh, of life in it. I give every green plant for food, and uh, it was so. And you know what? In other words, God's saying, I've resourced you. Now go and multiply it. And, you know, God never made Adam a, a bed, or he never made Adam and Eve table and chairs to sit on, but he did give them trees. And out of that, they were meant to create. Can you see what I'm saying? He gave us the raw materials for so many things. But he called mankind to increase. God gives us raw materials God, it's funny sometimes in church when we've, you know, we have so many young people that find each other in church and get married. But so often people remain single because they don't understand about raw materials. They want the finished product before they'll say yes to getting married. So often God gives us the raw materials. I'm glad that Shelley saw the diamond in the rough when she met me because I was definitely raw. And it's the raw materials that uh, God gives. And you have to work the materials. And you've got, to, you've got to shape the materials. And in marriage, you shape each other. And you let each other know what you like and what you don't like. Anyway, I'm going to a marriage seminar if I'm not careful. But for, for all of us, whether you're a believer in Christ or not, 
God's will for your life is increase and it's multiplication and it's taking control of your situations and stewarding things well and stewarding people well. That's really what I want to look at today because one is not enough for the vision that God gives you for life. One is not enough. We need a team. So how do you get a team together? How do you become a leader? How do you lead that team? How do you choose people? I want to look at some of these things. And so as we move, I'm just setting the scene where, you know, we have the great commission to spread the gospel, but we also have the the great commandment is to go and multiply and, and be good at whatever God has gifted you to be good at. And, you know, I'm a, a church leader and I'm a, a life coach. I have businesses. If you don't care if I'm going to be a singer-songwriter and a book writer, I'm just saying that I'm meant to increase in those areas. And that doesn't make me any worse or any better than somebody that's a banker in the city or a, a, a doctor or a builder or a, a, somebody that works in a factory or in a, a, an office. Can you see? Whatever God has gifted you to do, you should do it with all your heart. You should increase it. But the, the interesting thing in Genesis, it says that God blessed them. And that's what we need if we're going to be successful in, in everything else afterwards. And we need, we need to start with the blessing. The blessing comes through the gospel. And you know, you don't have to be bright. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to be rich and you don't have to be poor to become a believer. You just have to believe. And people make me laugh, you know. They say, my doctor is a Christian, you know. And I'm thinking, if I were having heart surgery, I wouldn't care whether you were a Christian or not a Christian. I'd ask a simple question. Can he do the job? <laughs> because you don't have to be bright or successful or anything to become a Christian. You just have to believe. So anybody can believe including yourself today. So why don't you? Why don't you consider it? Try it. Come taste and see. And what could happen? What could be the worst thing that happened? That, that you pray and nothing happens. Not lost anything, have you? So I'm just saying, you know, it starts with God's blessing and the gospel brings God's blessing to you, to your life. And as it spreads through your family, then to the whole family. But listen to this in Genesis chapter 11. This is awesome because, again, this is a bunch of people who are not believers uh, in God. Uh, they're, just, they're just getting on with life. And it says this, Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastwards, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that these men were building. The Lord said, and this is what God said about these men and women. If as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Let me repeat that. If as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. That is so true when you're building a team. You need people 
who are of one mind and speak the same language and they're on the same page and they plan together and they create something that's far greater than what they could do, what they could achieve just left to their own devices. So I want to have a look uh, today at how to build an effective team. And you know, these principles, some of them can be used in, uh, all of them can be used in business or if you're planting a church like we do in global or even in family. Some of these principles are great in family. Not all of them fit the context because you don't choose your family, but you can get the most out of your family. We're, we're there, we're meant to multiply, we're meant to increase in wisdom, we're meant to increase in understanding. It's all there for us in the Bible. So let me have a look at this. Teams are what God uses to accomplish his purposes. He usually calls an individual to a vision and then that individual realises the vision is bigger than he or she. And, you know, another word for team could be church. Eventually, this individual recognises he must become a leader because other people are needed to, if they're going to reach the goal. The vision is God-sized, not human-sized. Finally, the leader recognises he must develop this group of people into a team that works well together. And, you know, there is a difference between a group and a team. A group can just be a number of individuals, but they don't necessarily function well together. A team, an effective team, knows how to work together. And, you know, we all have leadership. We're all, we're all meant to be leaders. If nothing else, we have to lead ourselves. The hardest person to lead is yourself. You know, many of us are like Solomon. We've got wisdom for others. <laughs> he was the wisest man, but he, he never took any notice of his own wisdom. Let that not be your story or mine. As a leader, you'll face the challenge of finding the right people for your team. Somebody has said that your greatest assets are people. And I want to qualify that by saying your greatest assets are the right people in the right place. You need to find the right people for your team, communicate your vision and develop them into a, a glued up team, a cohesive team. A team that not only possesses great individual talent, that's important, but they also work well together. And over the years, I've worked with some great people and I've worked with some great people who are not team players. I've worked with some great people who are, who are gifted, but they just won't work with others. And so we've, we've got to choose well. It might make you tired just thinking about, I've got to do all this in order to get my vision. And most of us want to, want to work out our plans and that on our own because it takes too long to invest in others. But I want to say this today, the investment is worth it. And somebody came with a quote the other week to me and it just meant a lot of sense. They said, you can save a wage and lose a fortune. In other words, many people, many employees want to employ somebody else to help them because it's, well, I've got to find a wage for them. Well, you save a wage, but you can lose a fortune. But if you expend and, you know, use a wage, together you could make an absolute fortune. But you've got to have your thinking right. I want to begin by looking at some of the principles of teamwork from Dr. John Maxwell, the amazing leadership guru. I've been trained by him. I'm one of his his coaches, and no, I don't coach him. <laughs> he doesn't ring up and say, Dave, what do I do here? I'm one of his coaches. And so, you know, I want to spread 
the teacher around is, is amazing. He's written more material on leadership than any other person ever. I mean, that's incredible. And he's still alive. He's an amazing fella. But his core book is, sorry, his core book is, is uh, 21 Irrefutable Le- uh, Laws of, of Leadership. But uh, he has a great book out. And I've got my team to read this book over the years. It's called 17 Indisputable Laws of Teamwork. And we believe that these laws are timeless and they're universal. They can be used all over in any situation. I'm just going to go through some of them. Number one, the law of significance. One is too small a number to achieve God's purposes. And, you know, the whole idea of having a vicar or a priest or just a pastor uh, working in a church, doing everything. Uh, that is, I mean, that is so old-fashioned now. Uh, but it was never God's intention in the first place. Why? Because one is too small, uh, it's too small a number to achieve God's purposes. Why do you think God made Eve? Because Adam's not enough. Number two, the law of the big picture. The goal is more important than the role. And I, I, I love saying this to my team because sometimes we can get bent out of shape because we're doing our bit of the project or our bit of the church work or whatever and uh, we get all bent out of shape but you know something the goal is more important than the role and sometimes you have to move move people from one position to another and the people get bent out of shape then and you say no you need a real servant or but we need to move you why because the goal is more important than the role it's not that the role isn't important but the goal's more important than the role. Number three, the law of the niche. All team members have a place where they add the most value. The Apostle Paul puts it great in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, where he says, can the hand save the eye? I have no need of you, because the eye can't touch, it can only see. Can the ear save the tongue? I'm making this up now, but he uses these kind of things. He uses different parts of the body. Can the ear say to the tongue, I have no need of you because you can't listen. You're always talking. No, it's niche. And so is the the body of Christ. Everybody brings something to the table. And it's the same in a team. It's the same in in a business that we've got to recognise people bring their their gifting onto the team. I heard of a guy who who fired a girl once because... She, she was meant to be organising him and she couldn't really organise him. But what she could do, what she did do, and he didn't realise it, was that she brought an, a great atmosphere within the office and, and a glue to all the workers. He said it was one, one of his biggest mistakes that, you know, he, looking back in hindsight, he could see he hadn't recognised what her niche gift was. You know, we've got to be aware of that. Number four, the law of the compass. Vision gives team members direction and confidence. The law of the compass. A compass, when you're lost, gives you direction. And sometimes we get lost, even in our, even in our doing of the vision. But rem- being reminded of the vision, it gives team members direction and confidence. I wonder how many people are listening to me now, and it's been a long time since you've, you've talked about the vision of your company or the mission statement of your company. We use them interchangeably, but we know technically they're different, but sometimes that's just semantics. You know, that they need to hear what's the vision again. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And it gives people direction and confidence. Number five, the law of the bad apple. Rotten attitudes. 
can ruin a good team. And it takes a leader to sort rotten apples out. And you must do. Because they, they affect all the other apples. You know, you need maybe somebody today, you know you've got rotten apples in your team. And you, I'm going to pray that God gives you boldness or a pair. And uh, so that you'll go and sort it out. Ooh, I'm cheeky. So you'll sort it out and do it well. You know, we don't work in condemnation. That's not a great atmosphere to work in. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because God himself understands that as human beings we don't function well on a pointing finger and accusation and condemnation. But we flourish in life-giving spirit, in positivity. And even when we have to deal with people, we deal positively with the negatives that are in their lives. Number six, the law of communication. That the interaction fuels action. I don't know whether you enjoy sometimes you've had a coffee with some of your, your teammates or some people in the church or your dinner party at church, your connect groups. And the law of communication, when you've had a coffee with each other, you're like, we're doing this in our dinner party. Oh, we're doing that. And, 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 it, and it just breeds action. Interaction fuels action. Fuels action. Number seven, the law of the chain. The strength of the team is impacted by the weakest link. And you know, many people don't want to tell somebody that they're not making the grade but because they say it's too hurtful. But it's even more hurtful when you don't deal with it. But everybody's talking about it. And we need to deal with it gently, but we definitely need to deal with it. And so there we go. Let me have a just just reassess Genesis chapter 11, verse 16, because the Bible says that people building uh, the Tower of Babel, as they were building their own city, they shared a common identity. Behold, they are one people. A common identity means we experience shared values. And in, in global, we have our 12 values and they're summed up in love God, uh, love life and love people. You know, we come together as shared values. Maybe I'm speaking to a pastor today and people have, have left your church recently and it, it, it bends bench you all out of shape and it does. And I, I want to say that sometimes people can say yes to the values of your church and your vision. But after experiencing it for a while, they can't articulate this, but your values are not in their hearts. They just seem good at the time. And, and they, either they don't know how to take on board the values and grow them, or you haven't noticed it and you haven't trained them or helped them. But either way, if your values are not in them, it's best that they walk. And, and there's room for others to come, you know, and God will fill your church. You've got to believe that. Goodness me, if God can cause dumb animals to come from all over the earth to fill. And I don't mean dumb, if you're for all you animal lovers, I don't mean dumb as in do. I mean animals that can't talk. The highest form of communication. And yet God can cause them to come and fill the ark. Don't you think he can fill your church? Don't you think he can fill your dinner party? Come on, have some faith today. Believe in yourself. Even if people are walking away from you, it's like, yeah, they probably didn't have my values. <laughs> so uh, number one. They had a common identity. Number two, they had a common language. And a common language means that we communicate well. And, you know, I have a great team around me. You know, we can communicate when to, to be honest with each other. 
We, we know how to encourage each other, provoke each other to a greater commitment even, or to step out in faith in a new direction. And we know how to encourage, put courage in each other, and we know how to laugh together. But probably the greatest thing that we learn is to laugh at ourselves. I think that's the most difficult skill in a team is to being able to laugh at yourself. But anyway, common language means that we communicate well. And then thirdly, they shared a common goal. And a common goal means that we share the same vision and purpose. So how do we get these people? How do we get the right people? Well, your first step to building a team uh, in finding the right people you've got to understand that finding the right people is the most important thing. Because you think, well, if I can just communicate, communicators are the worst at this. Because we think if we've communicated, so we spend a lot of time on how what we're going to say, choosing the right words, and we're preparing our speech, we haven't looked at the soil that uh, the seed is going to go into. We haven't looked at the groundwork there. And we've got to start to see what's in people's hearts and choosing the right people is the most important part of any team, any organisation, business, and how to start, how the staff is put together. Great athletic coaches know that they must have talent if they're going to win games. Therefore, they take major, they take a major role in hiring team members. You see, winning in life is not an accident. Winning in football and sport and athletics is not an accident. No, it's intentional. And it's the same in church and it's the same in business. And we have to become intentional about what we're doing. Small organisations, and I've seen this uh, many times, small organisations such as churches often make the mistake of thinking that they can get by with inferior team members, whether it's paid staff or volunteers. And they think that because they think, well, we're small, it doesn't really matter. And yet the opposite is true. In a big corporation, we've got hundreds of of employees. If one is inferior, the loss is only a small percentage. Let's just say if you've got 100 working there, then if one isn't that good, it's only 1% of the whole organisation. But if a, a church has a leadership of two and one of them is inferior, the loss is 50%. And so in small organisations, don't think small. Maybe you're running a charity shop and it's all volunteer work. I mean, welcome to my world. I've dealt with volunteer work workers for years. Do not lower the bar just because they're giving the time for free. The, the time for free, they should do it somewhere else if they, if they wear that badge. What should be happening is, is that they say, are you, are you, have you got the same vision I've got? You know, we're selling these goods because we want to give money, send money to cancer research or or third world cars. And so it's important that you come and that you come on time and you come dressed smart and that you've got a great attitude. Can you see what I'm saying? But often we're so needy that we're like, we'll take anything that comes. And then you wonder why you go on with the biggest headache. Or you, you don't want, you're not looking forward to the next day at work. And it's frustrating. And it's because you've lowered... The, the, the standard, you've, you've just took anybody on and what you need is the right people. And keep the standard high and I'll tell you what, people will hear about your charity and instead of becoming a charity case for everybody else, it'll become a place where people think, I want to work there, especially if you train your staff. 
And especially if you invest in your staff, and I, you know, I'm not even talking money. You know, it doesn't cost a lot to have a coffee or a cheeky beer. It doesn't cost a lot to spend time and inspire them. I don't just want to, to receive from people their help. I want to find their, their vision for their life. I want to invest in them. I want to help them to become all that they should be. And it's great to have that way, have that heart within you. And you, you just watch, you'll never be short of people. Know how to, how to turn the dull, mundane processes of life into adventure. <laughs> there's, there's ways of doing it. Come see me. <laughs> Fantastic. Next week, I want to start by looking at when we choose team members, what qualities do we look for? And, you know, it's, it's great to, even in family, look at some of these principles because they will work for you. I, I want you to be wise and I want you to be successful in life. You know, the principles of Jesus, all this leadership stuff that I'm talking about now comes from Jesus, really. So the principles of Jesus will give you success in this life. The person of Jesus will give you success in this life and in the life to come. Within Global, to, to get this thing out throughout the world, and we want to teach you, we want to train you, and empower you and just you know just like I'm saying today we're looking for the team we're looking for people who have got the same heart the same vision the same values and I'm sure you're out there so do get in touch thanks for listening this morning everybody I really appreciate it and then tune in again next week from the team here at Global Church thank you for listening to this podcast please check out our other messages available on the website 